Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the three-headed monster of Explain Yourself. If you've been with us many a time, you will notice co-host Kevin Joseph, co-host Will Allred, and sometimes guest co-host, real Kevin (laughs) Joseph, real Will Allred. Uh, I don't know who's real anymore. We call her Madis Sorcery. She is here to talk about the next chapter of Sacrimony, and we couldn't be more excited to have you back because we just love having you on. Just get to... Yep. Joker it's always a, it's always a great it's always a great show when you're on yeah it's, it's always it was, great talking to you guys yeah it, restore, point, it restores my energy for the week so thank you yeah <laughs> at, at, at this point basically you're like you're part of the three amigos so we are you know uh, uh, i don't know if we should do that i don't know that that may not <laughs> that may not work in the year 2023 mm. but um steve martin martin short and chevy chase can pull it off i'm not sure that we three can um so hey it's just you tonight uh let's in case somebody's coming in and they've never heard of sacrimony how dare they i mean but... that's probably like 99.99999 percent of the indie comics world <laughs> let's be real we're, we're all we're all we're all just trying to get that last decimal point up and ro- roll oh, it over yeah absolutely <laughs> so um so if they haven't how would you get their intention on uh sacrimony and then we're going to kind of Dial it back, and, and uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about you tonight. So, you oh know, my goodness. this is Things your Things are going to get existential and profound, <laughs> or maybe I, a little depressing. I have never done anything profound, but I do get existential and very depressing. So, cool. two of those three we can My do. kind of people. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm Mata Sorcier. I am a self-taught artist and writer from the humble Bronx, New York. And my comic is Sacrimony, a tale of love, life, and death in no particular order. And it's the story of a teenage girl who died, but then she got better. And the catch is that she has no memory of her past, no idea why she has magical powers, or why she has to hide her newfound demon wings from society. 
That's awesome. So we have time. I'm going to just tell everybody, I'm going to chill out this week. This week has been the weirdest week I've had in a long time. Not in my life. I've just had weird stuff happening. Some good, some bad, mostly good. Mostly good, but we're mostly busy. So I'm just going to kind of like chill out. Like I got my um, I got my eight, Cuervo 1800 to kind of like relax myself last <laughs> night. So I want to ease in and kind of go way, way back. So where were you first introduced to sequential art just as a way to um, to enjoy entertainment? Oh, man, uh, I I kind of stumbled my way into comics because like comics weren't on my radar for a very long time. Like I kind of started with like, you know, cartoons and video games and stuff, but I always liked storytelling and I didn't know what to do with my stories. So I think the first time I really got drawn into comics was uh, when I discovered Sandman in like my mid-teens. I think I was like 15 or 16 or whatever. It was it was the weirdest thing because it was like I was shopping at Hot Topic as, you know, the average 15-year-old goth girl does. <laughs> and yeah, I saw I saw a t-shirt with death on it. And I was like, wow, that's a cool looking character. Like, you know, what's that about? And then I like from there, I just got sucked into Sandman. And I was like this, like, it's such a cool story because it's not like all right you know sandman and friends have to save the world it's just like you know i always say it's just like a bunch of gods being assholes and like that's kind of my brand so yeah. it was, it was very and, inspirational sandman and family might be destroying the world uh at, at times and in places yeah i yeah just to spite each other too like it's it's so petty and i love it you're you're definitely in the right spot it's on my mount rushmore of comics and will used to teach it in college so oh, uh we all fancy teaching sandman i try so how did that how did that come about well yeah Me? um so for many many years because i'm old you know and cranky. i'm catching up to you guys just you wait yeah <laughs> Maybe percentage-wise, um, but but in total, you're, it's always going to be equal. <laughs> yeah. Um, I worked at the University of Arkansas for many, many years. And one of the benefits that we had working there was that we would get to take time during the day to take one class a semester. So over the course of about 15 years, <laughs> that's about how long it took, uh, I went uh, I got the master's and then I got the PhD in English and I've, and I'd always been somewhat uncomfortable, uncomfortable in front of, you know, large groups. That's a mood. Yeah. And so I went, you know what, let's try teaching. Cause you know, that'll get me over that pretty quick mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, to, right? or give you nightmares or give me nightmares and PTSD. But right. it, uh, the first, the first is what happened. Um, but uh, I, uh, the, some of the, you know, my, uh, the faculty of where I got my, you know, at the U of A knew someone at uh, Northwest Arkansas Community College. So I ended up teaching at nights because I still had the day job uh, for about six years. And, and, and you didn't was, get a second PhD, you lazy bastard. <laughs> I know. Um, but uh, everybody taught like, English 101, you know, the base level English. So I taught that every semester. But then I asked one time and I said, hey, you know, could I maybe teach a comics class? And they're like, sure. And I went, suckers. Nice. So <laughs> the uh, long con. About, 
the long con about uh, so like every other semester I got to teach English and I just did this scattershot of totally no rhyme or reason uh, Sandman was part of it uh, Hellboy um, Planetary um, of course you have to do Watchmen you have to do Dark Knight uh, I did Walt Simonson Walter Simonson's Thor because nice. hey, I'm a fanboy <laughs> you know just uh, we did um, what else did we did uh, with Sandman I I went back and forth a lot on it because the first eight issues well the first seven issues of Sandman aren't really Sandman yet you know because they're very you know kind of you know task anchored oriented to DC and, they're anchored yeah, to DC driven. yeah. yeah. They're like episodic almost, I guess. Yeah. Very then, much, yeah. Of course, you know, Sandman 8 is where death first appears. And that's really where the book kind of gels and becomes mostly what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as much as I love Season of Mists, well, I mean, I love the entire series. I, that kind of moored it back in, you know, and I, a, a game of you was a little bit. So I basically did just a little short stories, Dream Country. Mm-hmm. which has some really great stories. It has, it has Calliope in it, which is, you know, really interesting and brutal. And at yeah, the same it's, time, it's, it's one of the darkest stories I've ever read, yeah. but uh, it also has, um, and I can never remember the name of it. Uh, Matt, it's uh, masks. Yeah. It has, you know, the, the female ha- metamorpho. Yeah. Is dream of a and, thousand cats in that one or. It is, and so yeah. is um, the uh, Charles Vess illustrated. Um, it won a World Fantasy Fair award it, with the with the Midsummer Night Dream and the Midsummer Night Dream. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, exactly. Which is really yeah. great because it's there's a couple good ones in there. I, I mean, four yeah, issues, only one or only one, two, three, or four. You know, four <laughs> issues, three Grand Slams, and and a, and the fourth is a two-run home run. Yeah, it's okay. It's so funny because yeah. like I I like the style of the Midsummer Night's Dream one, but for some reason I couldn't get through like the writing. So I was just flipping the pages, going like, oh, that's this looks nice. I guess something's happening. Yeah. Well, Charles Vest just has such a unique style as an artist too. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know of any other comic book artist who whose work looks like Charles Vest. I'm sure they're out there, but I haven't run across them and. Yeah, that's a huge compliment to him. But there are other artists who are amazing, and I, you know, like I love Art Adams. He's probably my favorite artist ever in the comic book medium. But I wouldn't say that nobody else looks like Art Adams. Nobody else looks like Charles Bass. It's it's extraordinary it's what he does. Yeah, yeah, and it's he's got a, and this is an untrained eye. You know, I'm just a writer. Me, not mm-hmm. art at all. Um, <laughs> But um, there's like this medieval quality to it, you know, like you'll see on some of the medieval um, tapestries or something. Maybe it's the colors. I don't know what it is, but it just gives me that sense of, and you know, maybe it's the subject matter as well. But I I think it's, it's also just the style where it's like he doesn't do a lot of like, you know, those hyper dynamic, like angled oh, yeah. sort of stuff. It's very much just like straight on, like, this is what's happening. Here's like a clear shot of it. Mm hmm. Another artist, his his lance would be considered um, not mundane, but basic but they're or just whatever. Basic, 
but Basic, his yeah. but the actual figures are so gorgeous that he, mm -hmm. it does not matter. Um, so we've got we'll we'll say we we have to say hi to Shawnee. She says oh. hi to Kevin, Will, and the amazing Matt. Hi, Shawnee. And, and Tate says uh, Matta is indeed amazing, but I'd also like to think she is your friendly neighborhood comic book creator. I can't stick to walls though; it's false advertising. <laughs> well, we have to throw in sensational and spectacular in there, don't yeah. we? As well yeah. as uh... <laughs> and, and superior for like uh, yeah. what? I don't two know years? if I'd go there. <laughs> yeah. um, um, but well, so 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 you you do Sandman and do you put this out uh I, obviously kids have chosen to take a comic book class what was the percentage of kids that came in who were comic book readers and the percentage who were like well it seemed interesting and like an easy class well it was an easy class uh but uh, it was it was interesting because it was about 50 50 you know and i i actually had uh it was almost it was probably maybe 40, 60 uh, female male students, okay. which I thought was great, you know, because, you know, we were going to talk about, you know, lots of different things. Mm -hmm. Oh, we, one of the, one of the ones that, that, uh, that we did that was on the syllabus was why the last man. So we did the first trade of why the last man. Okay. And I loved going through that issue because you could almost see the, the lights go on and some of the guys going, wait, he's hiding himself. He's having to present himself different, you know, I mean, just because it was. Oh you know, my, how the tables have <laughs> turned. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, but uh, I mean, when it came down to it, I, uh, I am old and weak and I couldn't do comics the day job and, and teach it. Of course. So I sleep, just, bro? no, Will does not sleep. Oh, no. oh, that is why he has the midnight hour, I guess. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, so I, I basically have, I, I consider myself on a sabbatical because honestly, I love teaching. It's mm -hmm. one of those things that's just, I, I mean, I am an introvert, but uh, I'm jazzed because I'll, I'll be in class. I'm, you know, I'm, you have to be on, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm on. And then by the time I get home, which is, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes later, it's like I got a freaking crash now. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I'm just—it's time to sleep and recover. But it—it uh, it was a lot of fun, and I hope one day to maybe get to do it again. We'll see how things work out. But uh, I'm glad that Sandman was kind of your gateway drug. Neil Gaiman—he is—he's responsible for a lot of people and creators, I think, getting into comics. So it's that's that's. Yeah quite amazing it is amazing so did you read the entire run before checking out other comics or did you realize hey i'm liking this there might be some other things like this that i could also like my tastes are like they're like tripolar so it's like i had and then <laughs> you'll try like, anything yeah kind of. <laughs> like i i never found myself drawn to like the superhero stuff but i did read like a shit ton of manga Mm -hmm. so like i mean i was i grew up watching like dbz so i was like oh well there's also dragon ball z manga i should read that or like you know sailor moon this or whatever and like i just picked up like a bunch of of whatever sort of like just whatever caught my eye whatever looked weird like i'm really into like weird unconventional stories if you couldn't mm -hmm. tell 
So it's <laughs> like, you know, anything that seemed strange, like it appealed to me or anything that I thought the art style was cool. Like I really liked Berserk. I never like got to read the whole series. Well, I mean, it's not finished because the poor guy died, but it's yeah, I never I never got too far into it because I didn't have money to buy the books. But like, right. you know, I enjoyed reading it for the time that I had money and also time to read. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, just, just <laughs> weird, weird stuff. That's where the uh, unsolicited commercial, that's where the Hoopla app comes in. Check out. <laughs> you know, you've been saying it. I got to take you up on that. It's, I mean, it's free. It's, it's free. It's yeah, free. You know, I've read. There's literally um, no reason for me to not have it aside from the fact that I just. You don't have time. time. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. You know, the thing is when you're like writing and drawing your own shit, there's so little time to right. read everyone no, else's stuff. I absolutely understand. I was in a great place where I was taking my daughter to, to dance and I would just grab my phone and I would just sit outside because after COVID we're not allowed to come in, which is fine. Um, you know, I, w when she was four years old, you know, a 35 year old dude sitting watching the girls dancing was pretty fine. Now that she's 14, a 48 year old dude sitting watching <laughs> dancing is very, probably not fine. So I'm more comfortable sitting outside, but um, I got to read like both volumes of Nice House on the Lake. I got to catch up on my, probably my favorite um, uh, kind of big six, seven, whatever you want to call indie books. Um, oh gosh, now I'm um, I'm blanking on it. It's not The Hero in the Crown because that's a, a novel that I love, but um, it's the, the 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 British book um, where uh, oh, basically uh, Kieran Gillen. Um, yes, yes. Something in yeah, the King, something in the Crown. I don't know. It's yeah. great, but I got to catch up for it for free, just sitting outside. Now we got somebody, oh, lady over there. Um, so we got her in February, and she's wonderful. And our other dog's a little bit older and doesn't want to be um, harassed. So now I take Lady and I sit on. She sits on my lap, so I get less reading done now. But every once in a while, I'll grab one. So I say Hoopla app, get all these books that you can, and you can read Tart for free on it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> or if you've read Tart, you can borrow Tart for free and give it a five star review. You know, I, yeah. I don't mind if you game the system, guys. Um, <laughs> but no, like libraries, go go get get your library card and go 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 borrow these things, man. But yes, time. Yeah, time I, I do listen to lots of audiobooks. So that's cool. While like, you draw? Yeah. So it's like while I'm drawing, I'm listening to like some weird like psychology or like sociology type thing. Like that's that's cool. my hobby. I'm super duper <laughs> into that for some reason. Okay. Okay. And I don't there's there's something interesting about studying how the human brain works and how other humans interact with other humans and it's it's a wild ride. Yeah. There's Tate, said, a, uh, Tate says to game that system before it games you. I, 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 that is I very agree. wise. There is a uh, a book called On Intelligence. Have you uh, listened to that one? No. What's it about? Uh, it it talks about the theory of how our intelligence kind of evolved and and it, it does some really simple things that I, I I was just kind of like amazed with. And he goes, you know, humans were kind of different. But, uh, you know, this self-awareness, this, this, you know, thinking that we do, 
It sucks. Seems to seems <laughs> to come from the <laughs> yeah sometimes uh, seems to come from the neocortex. So we're going to define in, we're going to find intelligence as having a neocortex, and then we're going to figure out what all that means. It's a really and he's done another book called uh, A Thousand Minds or A Thousand A Thousand Brains, I think. But I'll uh, I'll shoot you the info. Yes, after. I. Chances are my library has it. I have a, a few different library cards from a few different boroughs of New York, so I'll, nice. I'll see which one has it. Like, I have nice. a Queens library card, and I just, like, I never go to Queens. It's so terrible. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's a skip over. I, I wouldn't, you know. No, by public transit, it always takes me, like, two and a half hours, even though it's, like, technically nine, nine miles away. So. No, yeah, I certainly wouldn't be go traveling two hours away to go to the library. I, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I, I'm a huge library proponent. I'm not traveling two hours to get there. Yeah, I was like, oh, I can apply online. Cool. Like, I'll so, just get it online. Shawnee asked, um, is that Jeff Hawkins? I think it is. Uh, I'm looking it up on Amazon right now. Okay. That sounds super interesting. I, I'm not often a nonfiction person I'm, I'm usually just there for a story but but as Matta knows well the uh the eel book was probably the most interesting thing i've run into in the last yes. five years so so mm -hmm. guys uh the mystery of the eels or whatever the name of that check it out because there's a uh, patrick Svensson, i believe was the uh that sounds the guy. right yeah um it'll make you interested and super sad and uh every emotion you could have about these super weird fish called eels are you they know i've i forget yeah or what they're something right i <laughs> i uh i've been finding myself watching physics documentaries or physics youtube stuff because i don't know i'm just like we're not we don't really exist it's just a collapse of a probability wave and we're mostly empty space I, i'm just like okay um this is just weird this is awesome i'm just gonna keep watching so <laughs> it's it's like mind mind exploding almost where you're just like uh -huh. is anything real i yeah. asked my i asked my <laughs> smartest scientific friend so i'm like he's one of my smartest friends and he's in the sciences and i said all right, I've been reading a little bit about this whole thing about us being in a simulation and how there are certain, there is certain evidence that we are in a simulation. Mm -hmm. What is that? What does that mean? And he goes, he says to me, Kevin, I asked my smartest friend about this. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and he explained it to me and I didn't get any of it. <laughs> so my smartest scientific friend asked his smartest scientific smartest friend <laughs> and he, he couldn't get any of it, but he's like these people who super understand it. There, there are, there is evidence that none of this is real, but sort of it has to be a simulation of is what's the difference between reality and a simulation anyway. Yeah. I was about to say like, basically yeah what what is the difference and like what what are we simulating and like do we even exist on the other side outside of the simulation or are we just part of it like i don't know but we're not stopping tonight till we figure this shit out all right let's get on this so strap three, in everybody. three of the most brilliant minds right here <laughs> so um tate says um I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. Oh, wait, one, 
about simulation theory and AI and my brain is broken. Okay. So that's a valid response, sir. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> and uh, so, we got we, we got the chat going. So um oh. if uh I'm sorry, Layden, I believe Let's says on. if we're in a simulation, we have a purpose of some kind. Yes. What that is is I don't know. It, I think Kick it's more interesting to gum. me. There, and I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> or I have bubblegum. <laughs> all out of bubblegum. I'm less interested in what our purpose is than 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 who created the simulation personally. But I, yeah, but what I, kind of sick mind came up with this shit, right? Right. Yeah, I know. And if we're in a simulation and a sick mind came up with that, is that God? Right. Uh, hmm. If it created all of us and is watching us and judging us, is that God? It would have know. to be like I begrudgingly say yes, but, but but not not a god that we're gonna visit when we die, which is you know not. I'm not saying yeah. I my my whole religious thing is, I don't know if I know, and I really hope that there is something because it's nice to think about. But mm -hmm. I also have no argument against somebody that's like there's nothing after this either. I I, <laughs> I have there's no argument about it, but I'm like it'd be really nice if there was. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm of the mindset that everything was just a glorious accident. Yeah. <laughs> like everything just happened and there's probably no rhyme or reason for anything, but like I'm just going to not be an asshole and see what happens. I think it's okay to not be an asshole even if there's nothing after this. It feels yeah. like that's okay. I, I I it feels like I don't need a reward to not uh torture other people, but maybe right. I'm the idiot. No, but I mean, it's like if you're only not being an asshole because you expect a reward, doesn't that make you an asshole? Absolutely. I think by definition, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, that is the, the yes. <laughs> Rule number one, don't be a dick. Yes, a dick. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we know that sacrimony has a God. And we are here for you to explain yourself about sacrimony. So oh, man. let's let's talk about that for a little bit and we can get back to the existential and the depressing sim. Like I said, I'm not <laughs> going to talk about anything intelligent, but I can get existential and depressing. All right. You're in um, good company. So like you... I say things that sound intelligent, but yeah, my, my... <laughs> I'm convincing. I, I reminds me of what my friend said about Wes Anderson movies. He's like, you watch a Wes, and I love Wes Anderson movies, but he said, you watch a Wes Anderson movie and you're like, oh, there's a lot of symbolism. And then you realize it's just a silly story and he just puts stuff up to fool you into thinking there's symbolism. You know, he's not. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay, but it's still funny. I don't care. I'll watch a bottle <laughs> nine times before I watch a bunch of other movies. <laughs> um, would you like to share your page or would you like me to share it? Uh, if you have it handy, because I don't have it handy. I do. Moment. Let's Okay, do it. cool. All so, right. yeah, I mean, the there's several gods in Sacrimony, and I, I kind of went the satire route of, like, these gods are just, like, absolute assholes. Oh, look at that number go up. Look at you. Um, <laughs> that's nice. Explain Yourself Bump. Yes, I'm here for that's that. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, like, the gods are sort of that that very satirical, like, I'm right, you're wrong, even if I'm wrong, sort of gods. Right. Mm -hmm. I was heavily inspired by like overall mythology, like, you know, Greek, Roman, Hindu mythology, like Egyptian mythology, where like, yeah, where the gods are just kind of assholes. 
And yet, yeah. you know, people, they still find a reason to worship these gods because, you know, they want that divine reward or whatever. Some people, mm -hmm. you know, genuinely believe that they're doing good. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I really love this particular issue that I came out with, issue six, because it, it goes behind the scenes with the gods and, like, it starts asking those existential questions because it's like, all right, Unica died. She's in the afterlife and she was put into what was supposed to be heaven. But then when she gets there, it's like this completely desolate place. Like, you know, it's like dust in the eyes for days, basically. <laughs> Everything's in ruins. Nobody has any idea what's going on. And she finds a group of people who are still trying to kiss up to God, basically being like, all right, well, maybe this is our final test. And when we accept that we don't need any of our worldly possessions and we don't need our family or anything, like maybe once we accept that God is all we need, then we'll get our true reward. And like, it starts going down that route. And I really enjoyed like, you know, crafting the dialogue for these pages. Like there's, there's the guy who's basically like leading this little religious focus group and they're trying to figure out, you know, like how do they really accept God into their lives so that they can like be one with God. And, oh, there's my covers. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll, we'll watch the GIF and we'll get back to that top right. ass here soon. Yeah. Which we'll, talk, which we'll talk about when we get out. There it is. Yes. So guys, if you're listening to the podcast, um, you got to check out the variant cover because uh, Matta did something that I love because I'm not for or against TNA covers um, when the book is right. It, um, I think, great. People love it. Give the people what they want. But there are very few sexy dude covers. And Matta created a hot-ass cover, and I mean that <laughs> very specifically, of, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the guy's running away from us and, and all of his butt-tastic glory. And I say, God bless you. Put that, put more of this because we shouldn't just, it shouldn't just be for um, one part Wait, of the audience dudes. to get some, mm -hmm. get some titillation. So, you know, it's funny. I actually, I took a vote for the cover. I was like, hey, guys, who do you want to see on the spicy cover this time around? And they voted for that particular character, Angelo, because, like, he wasn't on any covers before. So they're like, all right, you know, let's let's see this guy. So I was like, all right, how do I show off some of the best features? Right. I, I know exactly <laughs> how. Like, I've done some other, like, spicy, spicy man covers. The Naughty right, Nun right. one is still my favorite. Still a very special <laughs> place in my heart. Yeah. But, yeah, like, but, haha. Yeah, it's 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 night it's it's Nightwing esque. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I've achieved my mission. Uh, everybody should follow you on Twitter because I love some I love some of your interactions on Twitter. Uh, you showed the cover uh, with the uh, bird cages, and you're like, oh, yeah. What was it? Nobody. I want bird cages. And then you said, I'm going to draw, oh, yeah. draw all these bars. Yeah, it's like, like, wouldn't it be a cool idea to have a lot of bird cages? It, it's gorgeous, it though. I, I really a, yeah, do. It's a gorgeous cover. I, I said this on Twitter, but I really feel like you're you're leveling up. Not that you needed to, oh, but wow, these nice. three covers, the composition are amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I've I've been just spitefully trying to level up because I'm like, you know, to to keep things a little real, like I don't 
look like a comic creator, so it's hard to get people <laughs> to take me seriously. So, like, a lot of people will doubt my writing, but, like, I just spitefully level up my art more and more. So it's like, you know, they can't doubt that. They see it right there. Like, you know, even if someone's never read my book and they're like, oh, well, she's probably not a very good writer. What do women know about writing? But, like, you know, to to see the art and be like, there there is no denying that, like, mm -hmm. I can draw some cool shit. In the, comp the composition of this, just, yeah, like, mm -hmm. it's incredible. Well, and you kind of went through a, a, a bit of a rough patch you know with your art recently recently can i mean can you talk about that a little bit because i mean it's really i mean to me it's you know there's some days i don't want to sit down and just you know do it and but it it's it's one it's nice to know that other creators often feel that as well but it's also really nice to know that there are work ways around it so i mean that's that's awesome yeah, I mean, it was just, it was classic burnout. I mean, I've been doing all of this stuff by myself for so long. And it was just like, I went through a couple of months where I just, I could not draw. Mm. Like it, every time I went to my drawing tablet, like my brain would be kicking and screaming like, please, no, don't, don't do this. Don't make me do this. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, I had a moment where I was like, oh my God, am I just going to hate drawing forever? Like, is this my reality? Do I have to go like crawling back to TJ Maxx and like applying for a job there or something? Like... <laughs> You know, all of all of the existential horrible things. And I think that a lot of people do go through burnout, but nobody wants to talk about it because, you know, toxic positivity and like right, right. you're supposed to always pretend you're happy. Otherwise, like, you know, nobody wants to talk to you. Nobody wants to talk to someone who's like negative or a downer or going through a rough time. But I, I always try to be open about like, hey, you know what? I do this and I struggle and like, mm -hmm. you know, either I find a way around it or I don't. And actually... The answer was to just do more traditional art. So, I mean, I have like, you know, this this cover that I did in marker because I just I couldn't get myself to color it digitally. And then I was just like, I, I let myself play around with different media while I'm still working on the comic. And I think that keeps things fresh. So that's why I have all of these pencil sketches now, because I realized that I would rather, you know, sketch things out in pencil and you know, get the feel for that, feel the pencil on the paper and then like scan it and do whatever. And like, it just, it worked better than just staring at a computer screen for hours. Right. <laughs> so I, I think you might've answered this question, but, and I know that this is not, you're speaking for you only, and I'm not asking you to speak for other artists, but when you say burnout, you couldn't draw, were you unable to kind of even make marks or were you just very unhappy with the drawings that you made? I couldn't even like make a single mark. Like every time I tried, I was just like, I hate this, what am I doing? Like I would rather be chewing ground glass right now. Okay. Yeah, like it was it was pretty rough. And and so for you, you 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 grabbed at times. You probably sometimes you went and grabbed ground glass and chewed it, but <laughs> you, you you change your medium and found a way that you know we we talked about Neil Gaiman earlier. He he told a story once about having like crippling writer's block, and I don't know what he was working on. I don't know if it's Sandman, American Gods, or what, but he just absolutely could not write, and it was three I weeks. Think it was of, American Gods, actually. okay? Yeah, like weeks of nothing, absolutely nothing was happening, and he decided to write a short story and that day he wrote eight eight pages short story in and out done and he went oh good 
I can still write. I'm still a writer. I just can't write that right now. Yep. Um, so it isn't interesting that you 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 realized, okay, I can't do this right now, but I can maybe do something else. And you, even if it wasn't for this comic, it's still exercising the muscles until you can get back into it. Yeah, it's also just, I think, regaining confidence because once you take that hit of like, oh my God, I, I can't do this thing that I'm supposed to be doing, like your confidence takes a dive. So mm -hmm. it's nice to be able to, you know, switch it up and work on something else and just keep using those muscles, like you said, to realize like, they're not gone. They're not dead. It's just that like in this moment, I can't do this very specific thing. And like, yeah. that's okay. And at the beginning of the pandemic, I couldn't um, turn my brain off um, enough to write anything new. I could not write a new chapter of Tart. I could not write anything new. So what I had to do is grab old, old scripts that I'd already written and edit them because I could actually edit something and make something that existed better but i couldn't start from scratch to for the life of me for maybe six months until i could kind of just get get my brain back into it and that's you know like just shifting gears and doing something slightly different but still adjacent. In, in the avenue yeah adjacent to what you're doing that's 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 a cool cool thing that you know there the, it's a, it's a way. So if you're a writer, an artist listening to this, you know, and you're, you're finding this happening, find a way to do sort of what you're doing in a different way and see if you can't just release some of that energy. And also well, just and to remind yourself that you can, you can do something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, was this when you, because, you know, you're burnt out, is this when you also came up with another book to do? Because you've got two books you're doing on Kickstarter. Oh. Or, did, or did the second book cause the burnout? Which was it? I'm not I'm not sure, because Buddy and Friend, I mean, it's super easy to get through. Like, I can knock out, like, an entire book in less than a month because it's just, like, it's a fun style. It's really easy. Right. Like, there's no complex shading. Not that many, like you know, extra atmospheric effects or anything. But yeah, if if you're looking, if you're watching the this show where you can look at the art, the, there aren't too many one, two, three, four, five, six beautiful people in one panel. And <laughs> this panel might have been what caused your burnout there, Matt. Yeah. No, this, this was after the burnout. So funny thing is, once I worked through the burnout, I bunkered down, and mm -hmm. I knocked this entire book out in less than a month. Wow. Colors wow. as well? Yeah, the colors, like wow. the inks, the colors and everything. So it was it was a weird time because I was just like, suddenly I didn't want to do anything else but work on this book. So like nice. that's that's just how I spent the entire month of May, which is why I pushed the launch up because I was like, I I'm finished done. this really early. What am I yeah. sitting around and waiting for? Let me just get it out there. So did you move completely back to traditional? So you're you're penciling, inking, and coloring traditionally on the board, or are you doing some parts digital, like maybe the lettering? It's so funny. This is all digital now. <laughs> like, oh. I, I had a moment where I was like, oh, I'm going back to traditional. I hate digital. And then all of a sudden, it just like the spark was rekindled, and it was just, I did it all digital. Like, I, I tried coloring traditionally, but it was like, it was a, a very slow process. And I was like, mm -hmm. I need to speed this up. And then I sped it up too much. And I knocked out a 30 page book in under 30 days. Okay. I see the art on the page. You did not speed it up too much. No. If you can do art like that, you're, you're, you're going at the right tempo. 
Mm -hmm. Good to know. And we've got a good, uh, good comment down here. Yeah, that's you going to show that one. No, you go for it because I was just my eyes. I'm trying to read it. This is true. Budstone goes for that. <laughs> they they give life. They save lives. So um, <laughs> we uh, you know we talked about we mentioned buddy and friend, uh, which is you know really fun, and we've got sacrimony. Uh, just take us back a little bit because you know sacrimony didn't didn't have it start with the first issue on Kickstarter. You'd been doing it for quite a while long before Kickstarter, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I also I started Buddy and Friend way way before Kickstarter. I started Buddy and Friend in 2013. And that wow. was like it has a special place in my heart because that helped me work through like a lot of existential bullshit and like depression and just feeling like I couldn't do anything. Like I kind of taught myself to do comics through doing Buddy and Friend okay. way back when. So I started it as a webcomic and I just like updated like a page a week just to just to give myself something to look forward to for that week. Cause it was, it was like, it was a dark time. Like everything in my life was going wrong. And I was like, all right, well, I can at least try to do something. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I came up with like these, you know, easy to draw characters and this fun style with this silly story that I didn't have to overthink. And I ran with that for a while. And then I did like, I finally got the courage to start Sacrimony in 2016. Yes, Pumpkin, I know you're adorable. I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's been a long ride. And then I restarted both series because I was like, all right, I've learned enough to make like a nice, proper, polished comic. So like Buddy and Friend, I had, I think, like 250 pages in. Oh, my God. Sacrimony, wow. I was like 306 pages in before I was like, all right, I have to start from the beginning. See, I knew like, that I, about Sacrimony. I didn't know that about Buddy and Friends. Are you... you <laughs> You are a monster, man. I don't, but, but, but <laughs> your evil, thing I've heard all day. your evil <laughs> seems to be directed just at you. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's so cool that you, the, the confidence to know, okay, I started this when I didn't know what I was doing, but the, but the concept I'm still absolutely for, I'm going to circle back through uh, that's that's so interesting. I don't know of anybody else who's done something like that in comics. I'm sure they have, but I, I can't place it. I've I've heard a lot of like when I was, especially when I was considering restarting Sacrimony. Like you know, people are like, "Oh my God, you're crazy! You're gonna get in the the stuck in the cycle of like rebooting it over and over again, and you're gonna just keep doing the first issue over mm -hmm. and over, and, like just keep going from where you are." And I was like, "No, I." I knew I needed to do like a complete rewrite and redraw and like, mm -hmm. you know, I will never ever consider going back and doing it again because I'm so happy with how like, you know, this attempt turned out. Good. That, that's yeah. good. That's good because part, part of, you know, growing as an artist is knowing that you can also be done with something too. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it, how it, was, oh. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, uh, it's just, it's finally at the level where like, you know, even though I'm improving now, I can I know that I'll look at it like, you know, 10 years from now and I'll still love the artwork. I'll still love what I've written. Like, I couldn't say that about my first attempt because like I was using like tools that I didn't know how to use. I was like, I didn't know what looked good. I didn't know a lot about composition. I didn't know how to make a good speech bubble. I made those like, you know, the the long, like $5 foot long sort of speech bubbles that yeah. just went across the entire <laughs> thing. So, yeah, it, it just... And I know that I can't 
stand there next to every new reader who picks up like a 2016 sacrimony book and be like, you know, I promise you the art and the writing will get better. Just like hang in there. Like right. first right. impressions matter. So I knew that if I wanted to like have it be successful and, you know, not have to have people say like, oh, hey, I read sacrimony and like it's kind of weird in the beginning, but it gets better. Like I just wanted it yeah. to just, you know, hit right away. So I, I, I missed this in the chat real quick. I'm so sorry, Will, but uh, we do. You can use this. Uh, Desi says that you should release your artistic energy all over <laughs> us. So if you want to use that as a bumper sticker, I, I think it's... it sounds a little dirty, but I can get behind it. <laughs> so you, you had 306 pages of sacrimony done. You've done what are we? 180. Pages 210, uh, considering the 110? issue six. Gotcha. Are we to a point or past the point where you got the first time around, or is there or or have you expanded some and that's still quite a ways off with with this this go round? Uh, wait, I my brain didn't process that properly. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I he's probably. asking is is this still um, territory that you had traveled before, or are you in new lands? Oh, it's, it's still old territory. So okay. once I get to the middle of chapter three, which is issue, probably about issue like 13 or 14, that'll be like new territory. So okay, this is okay. still stuff cool. that I'm like, you know, revamping and rewriting a little. And like from issue six and on it, it has been a lot easier because it's like the art was a lot more like competent then. So I didn't have to do a whole lot and like really start from scratch. It was more of like, all right, well, let me just trace over this, make the lines a little better and whatever, instead of like, let me draft entirely new pages. Mm -hmm. So yeah, awesome. that definitely helped speed things up. So pretty much from issue six through issue 14, things should be smooth sailing. And then after that, that's future me's problem. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. So, you know, we've and we've we've talked about this multiple times, but for you know those people that haven't you know seen you on the show before, um, you know, we we asked the question, you know, how long do you expect Sacramony to go? And I always love your answer. So between fifty to seventy issues, probably longer, knowing how long it takes me to get to where I want to go. But yeah, gotcha. I mean, I'm I'm in it for the long haul. I love the story. There's a lot of story to be told. It does have like a definite ending. I know like what's going to happen. It's just, it's going to be a long, incredibly weird journey to get there. So what does happen? Uh, the, the ending. <laughs> you shut your mouth, Kevin. You shut your mouth. <laughs> so, but it makes so much sense that you're on train to comics with Sandman and you have a 50 to 70 issue <laughs> series with a defined ending that makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. yeah it does and by the way uh fist bump because long series yay yes. <laughs> mm. that fist bump is for people who weren't thinking do not do this will and i say start start with a four four page short start with a one shot Start with a four-issue miniseries at the most. Oh my God. Because guess what? You can do a four-issue miniseries, and then you can do a sequel that takes your story yeah. farther. Um, and that's just because, like, Matt learned, Will learned, I learned. This shit is hard. Um, and it's slow. It's so yeah. slow. 
<laughs> so so yeah we we all made the mistake so hopefully you won't um but we're in it like we we jumped out we're of the plane it. we are building our um our parachute as we go down so we're gonna do it we're just yep. saying hey man you can just kind of make something small and finish it and uh, celebrate in a way that if you plan a 50 issue maxi series, you can't have that celebration. But if you plan a 50 issue maxi series and tell people you're going to do a five issue mini and then do nine more, you get to celebrate <laughs> every time you release the fifth issue of each mini series. So. <laughs> I feel like that's how I feel with the trade paperbacks because it's like it's a nice like I closed this chapter yeah. and I'm mm -hmm. opening a new chapter. So that's that's where I get to celebrate mm -hmm. like first story arc done. Yeah, it's still going to be a long ass series. And, you know, I hope people stick around. But yeah. at least I closed this this one chapter. No, but but it's super interesting that like the way you've done the 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 book. And I've said it before. It's it's a very it is fantasy, but it's not fantasy like we run into a lot and like how my brain works. Uh, I saw on the pages we went through, this is not for somebody who's looking for a Tolkien-esque fantasy story. Yes, if I'm going to write a fantasy story, mine's going to be kind of Tolkien-esque. I love that yours isn't. That doesn't mean I don't love reading Tolkien-esque fantasy stories. But I love when something doesn't feel like that, too. Yeah, it's nice to step outside of it once in a while and be like, what is this entirely new, incredibly weird world that's going on here? Like, let me learn more about it. Because, I mean, I definitely didn't want to go in with people having these preset expectations of like, all right, well, this race is like that. That's like that. This is going to be like this. This is and her then, orcs. This is her goblins. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. Like, I also, I really hate the... Uh, you know, hidden racial stereotypes that come along with all of those races where it's like, all right, well, the orcs were based off of like African and Native American tribes. And by the way, they have negative two intelligence. Like, gee, thanks, guys. Yeah. I really wanted to come <laughs> away from that, like very, very far away from that. Right. Like on another continent entirely away from that or another planet. Just yeah. 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 Cause it's <laughs> like, I, I can't stand it. So like when I tried to make it my races, I definitely was very conscious of like, I didn't want them to mirror any specific races in real life to be like, all right, well, humans are like British people. And this terrible race is like, you know, Middle Eastern people are like, I really tried very hard to avoid that, like the plague. And that's why I ended up coming up with this like weird world of stuff that we've never seen before, because I just I didn't want to involve any real world horrific stereotypes. Mm -hmm. And, See, and that seems that that really seems to, I think, be reflected, you know, from what we've talked about your readers. I mean, you have such a, a diverse, you know, group of readers that, you know, keep coming back to support you because, I, well, I mean, first off, it's great and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of representation, too, which, you know, it's that really is important for people to be able to see themselves in in their fiction, in their stories, you know, it's, it's vital. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even if like, like I try to reflect very human experiences too, even though it's like a fantasy story about gods and stuff, I always say it's like, you know, extraordinary people doing very ordinary things. So like, 
if you know even if a character doesn't look like the reader like they can still find a part of themselves in the character mm -hmm. and like i feel like there's something really powerful about that where you know someone can be like all right well there's like you know a single mom who's like struggling to work and raise her kid at the same time like you know people can see themselves in that role or like you know someone who was promised a really cool job and got screwed over and the job wasn't as cool as it was you know and they get mad about it like there's so many like just subtle or not subtle or relatable things going on in the story that i feel like people can really latch on to and and when you get into some things i remember i think it was issue three where uh you know your characters are in a new world and and the people are touching and feeling and without it's not a true story <laughs> yeah but <laughs> yeah you know, i'm i'm uh cis white man i you know like I, I i try to be open i try not to be terrible but also i have a very specific life experience but the way you presented it was not a way that wasn't um entertaining it was entertaining and educational and true to the story you're telling so it wasn't anything where i felt like pushed away from the story i was like oh this is that world and this is that thing and yes i could see the corollary to what i have read about the experience of you know mostly african-american women with their hair um, it happens to me with my hair. It that was actually like it happened to me a lot when I worked at like an an upscale TJ Maxx in Manhattan, and I always wanted to be like, "Excuse me, ma'am, this is a TJ Maxx, not a petting zoo. Like, get your hands mm -hmm. off me." Yeah, and, and, but but the way you handled it, I thought was was just what art is for. You know, there's mm -hmm. it it was educational and part of the story and entertaining. And I try yeah. not to be like heavy handed with the messaging. Like it just happens mm -hmm. and it's up to the reader to process what's going on as opposed to like having the character say like, hey, reader, this is wrong. Don't do it. Like, <laughs> it's up to the reader yeah. to know that that what happened was incredibly messed up. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Yeah, I, I got, I got yeah. that you shouldn't do that. I did get that. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I I, made, I, I and I made did. nine phone calls of apologies that night. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I really hate like outright heavy handed messaging in stories where it's like they're pretty much spelling something out for the reader and trying to make a point like there's a way to make a point without pointing fingers, I guess. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's that's my modus operandi. In the comments, Tate says, I could tell that was based on personal experience and felt so bad for you. Aww. So, um, but she got like, what, four pages of a comic out of it. So that's worth it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe that's a cis yeah, white I mean, guy. But but it's but one of those things where I can look back and just be like, oh my god, I can't believe that like nonsense happened to me. But yeah, like yeah, I'm okay. No. I'm I'm alive, untraumatized by that at least. <laughs> so. so you've uh, your the trade was your previous campaign, right? Yep. And I think I just got an alert that says, "Hey, mine is on my way." So. Looking forward to that very much. <laughs> um, five issues. Uh, are you are you planning, you know, to make these somewhat uniform from a you know an issue standpoint, or yep. just kind of where the muse takes you? Um, oh, I have so like I have OCD. Like I'm not even joking. That like, ha ha ha! 
I'm so <laughs> like no, I have I have legit OCD, so I have to keep things at like a very specific page count. So it was like, you know, issue one ended up being 30 pages. So I was like, all right, every other issue has to, you know, hover around that same page count. And like that's mm -hmm. just how things worked out for me. So it's like, you know, 30 to 32 pages, you know, keeping it within that that frame. So it's like right, right. And then every five issues is going to be a trade. So basically, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be like another 180 page chunker by the end of issue, I mean, by the end of chapter two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Very cool. Because I know Kevin and I, we, we are also somewhat, I don't know that we qualify for OCD, but we are very, very particular about our hardcover collections. You know, I want the spines to all freaking line up and have the right, yep. you know, the same trade. That is very so important. That they... <laughs> that's that's actually how I collected my Sandman books because they had the, uh, you know, because they had so many different covers, and I mm. wanted the ones that made a rainbow as they went across my bookshelf. So I had, I went to like every Barnes and Noble, every Borders or whatever to find to the find right it. one. Yeah, because it like the thought of it mismatching would just like kill me inside <laughs> it took me it took me a, a quite a while to amass the entire collection to my I life have <laughs> i have eight of the ten hardcovers and i just can't afford the last two the last two are like two two hundred a piece and i just Oof. can't can't get them right now so but that, i did that's... i did buy powerball and mega, mega money yesterday so <laughs> i might in a in a couple weeks, I might be able to afford it. I don't know, but um, so is there going to be a Kevco publishing imprint or something that we're expecting maybe in a couple weeks? <laughs> I, you know, like what I love about the lottery and is as soon as I pay my two dollars, I get to spend all of that money, and I don't have to pay <laughs> taxes on it. And one week, I am the nicest, most generous person. <laughs> Every dollar of that $300 million goes to somebody else who needs it. And then the next week, I am the most selfish piece <laughs> of crap. Nobody else is getting a thing. All I'm going to do is buy golden tuxedos and platinum canes and top hats and walk around screaming, get away from me, pores. And I don't know what it is until I get the ticket. So yeah, uh, oh, there's, I, there's no in between where you pretend that like nothing happened and you just keep it on the down low from everyone. I, I can't say that. Maybe I won two weeks ago. I can't say that. I don't yeah. know. I think what I would do is I would use I think, money to I, make to make a million dollars in publishing because I'd start with 10 million and lose nine <laughs> publishing comics. <laughs> well, um, uh, I think it was, it was one of the turtle guys and I think it was Kevin Eastman created yeah, I think a, was, yeah. a, a, you know, an imprint and he really gave people a lot of money to make their comics and he just couldn't keep doing it. And this is someone who's become very rich off of his independent comic, but he was just throwing money away. And, and it's great that he did it for a while. But the cool thing is now that there's Kickstarter, he doesn't have to do it. Um, I, I think he also, he did, or somebody else did a, a something that when I first started, it was called Zarek Fund. And it was, you applied oh, yeah. for it and it was some amount of money, um, $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 for you to do your dream project. 
And when Kickstarter really got going, the Zurich Fund decided they were no longer needed. And they went out nice. of existence, not because ten thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you you could have, and you have. I'm gonna go here. You have twenty six hundred and sixty three already after what two days? Three yeah. days. So you've got twenty six hundred, and now let's do the math. Let's go boom. Nine created. Do do do. Now we're gonna have fun. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I've played this game, but I, I haven't played the game since the trade came out because I didn't get to count yeah. the trade. So um unfortunately it's gonna be I over thirty K by now, I think. So I'm just one kind thing of going that through. Go ahead. Yeah, while Kevin's Kevin's going through that, one of the things that I still do because there's no greater fun than seeing kit track on the day you launch. $23,000. <laughs> you act as though I didn't go on kick track last night. $22,600. I was like, God damn, if I had that. I'm, yeah, I'm already spending that money. I'm writing checks right now. Um, I'm already like going on people's Patreons and supporting my friends. Yeah. Cool shit. Like planning, planning um, my next vacation. But one of the things I really love about KickTrack is that data is there. If you go to some of the other little tabs down there, you can see your daily data, number yep. of backers, the amount. And I grab that and I, 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 you know, take those images and I store them with the the Kickstarter so that I can come back, you know, during the dead zone and say, you know, God, this sucks. Was it this bad last time or the time before? Yep, I've done yeah. that too. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do love, you know, like, hey, I'm going to make $30,000, you know, and I never do, but it's still kind of fun. But there's really it's, good data it's out fun there. To, it's fun to play with it, yes. Yeah. Kevin's doing math, so. I'm doing math. You guys yeah, talk. He's got his math face on. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got my phone out to do the math, actually, is what I have. Nice, nice. Yeah, so, it's a fun resource. It is. Now, I, I'm curious. Let's say maybe before you finish Sacrimony, maybe not, it doesn't matter. If, if a publisher came to you and said, hey, we'd like you to work on a property that we have. You know, maybe it's Big Seven, maybe it's Scholastic, maybe, you know, who, who cares? Is there something that you would rather do, not necessarily rather, that you would also like to work on in addition to Sacrimony and Buddy and Friend? Yeah, if a publisher came to me and, and they had like a good page rate, I would be like, yeah, you know, I can set some of my stuff aside and work on your <laughs> thing. Like, because if it's, if it's something that's more sustainable than what I'm doing, I'm going to be like, all right, <laughs> sign me up. Gotcha. But it also builds what you're doing, you know, like there, there's nothing wrong with taking a break, building your name, and then all of a mm -hmm. sudden, 20% more people know who you are, and they yep. come out to Sacrimony issue seven and get the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, like having a wider reach and also like 
you know, making more of an income than I'm making now. Like that would be pretty <laughs> cool. Like actually getting a proper page rate. Like, oh man, that's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Cause right, right now the, uh, the editor of Sacrimony, she just doesn't pay well. I, you should She's have so a hard ass her. too. I punched her one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but the letterer is cool, right? I mean, we like her. She, the letterers, letterers are always cool. very grumpy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay so wow that came out if i put everything in this is kind of crazy so you just said you could use ten thousand. Mm. absolutely we all could um that's a one time only and that ten thousand goes for the art it goes for printing the book it goes for all these things at the end of the day the artist out of that ten thousand dollars probably gets negative two thousand so you've been kickstarting for two years, three years? Uh, almost three, yeah. Because I started so, in 2021, March of 2021. Not counting the current campaign you've raised, and this is really kind of insane. If I put them in right, three, oh, look at that. $33,333. <laughs> I like that number. That's so, cool. <laughs> so you've made, uh, I think, $11,111 every year on comics for three years which most of which probably... was actually made last year actually i think over 20k was made just last year and sure. the first year was like eight thousand. sure and that, that makes total sense because we're all growing building proving but mm -hmm. and, and and look people she doesn't have thirty-three thousand dollars in her bank account because most of that goes to printing most of that goes to shipping it's more like negative 3000 right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even joking. Yeah. I wish I was. I, I will and will and I will and I are you. your stand. <laughs> we do. <laughs> but, but would you rather have 10,000 from Zarek once or 10,000 a year for three years from Kickstarter? No dos dos. Yes, yeah. I know you're hungry. You're starving. So, so we have to. I don't. I don't know that we have to work harder for it because I'm sure that getting the Zarek thing was hard work. But really, getting out there and being able to to get to readers and saying, "Hey, if you'd like this, can you help me make it?" Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like you can get a grant and you can make your dream project and then have absolutely nobody know about it. Mm -hmm. which was always what I feared. Like if I got a grant and, you know, I got time to sit down and make this cool thing and like not have an audience for it. Like, okay, I printed 4,000 books. What do I do with them? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, no. This is definitely a better way to, you know, get your name out there and just like, you know, keep afloat, keep going. Yeah, it, it, it does. And, and that's, that's kind of like why Will and I hang with it and, when we started doing the show, we're like, hey, if we can help get we don't we don't pretend that we get 50, 60, 70 people coming to a campaign. But if we can get five to seven new readers, that's beautiful. Yeah, not gonna lie, like the the readers that I've got from your campaign, like like Shawnee, like Shawnee stuck around. Oh, she's, she's great. Yeah, like, she's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing <laughs> that it's like, you know, you have people who are interested in comics and interested in, you know, maybe finding their new favorite comic or whatever, and mm -hmm. they back these things and they stick around. And yeah. that, that means a lot to me. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's fun. It's, it's good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
right, so it's it's about midnight. I've had a blast. Now, we've got some people in the comments. If you have any specific questions you'd like to ask, please put them in as we're kind of mm -hmm. winding down because I, I love having people in and I don't want to, uh, I don't want you to leave without hearing what you want to hear about. But while maybe we wait for a question in, let's do one more 30-second uh, pitch on Sacrimony and uh, we'll start winding it down. All right. Well, it is a fantasy story about a teenage girl who died, but then she got better. And the catch is that she has no memory of her past, no idea why she has magical powers or why she has demon wings that she has to hide from society. <laughs> nice. Okay. So Shawnee in the chat says, nope, you're stuck with me now. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, hey, we would love, we would love to be stuck with any reader like Shawnee and uh, everybody uh, um, we're going to kind of put it in. Thank you for joining us. Will and I have talked about it. We don't have anybody on the schedule next week. Uh, we're going to take a Friday night off. Um, Treat so yourself. No, no explain yourself Friday night next week. No, uh, it's we treat actually, yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah. So we were going to um, have another creator tonight who, who got stuck on their trip and couldn't make it. I'm going to try to do um, something during the week. So, Will, you're going to be working. I'll talk to Alan Dunford next week about his latest okay. campaign. Um, but you know what? Everybody either go out and party your asses off next Friday night or do what I'm going to do and go to bed early. I don't know. Will, you're going to party your ass off? What are you, what are you doing next Friday night? I'll probably just play uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and uh... – <laughs> I expected him to say that. Yeah. I, 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 I am thought, predictable. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, so my daughter and I are playing it um, and I'm super excited. She's controlling the action. That's nice. cool. First, we went through Breath of the Wild and I had the controller and she was like, maybe do this, maybe do that. This time she's like, I'm going to start it. And like she held on to it and she's playing it. So it's kind of cool. Excellent. It's kind of cool to be like the uh, the navigator as opposed to the pilot. So, um, but you know, maybe I should go to sleep. Maybe I'll put on my game that I play uh, for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. We'll see how Friday we'll see. night goes. Everybody in the <laughs> chat, we really appreciate it. You you made the, uh, the night go quickly and we appreciate all the comments, questions, and thoughts. And uh, just, we appreciate you guys. And Matt, we always appreciate you. Um, you're, you are like, we're not really joking. You're like the third co-host of the show. And yeah. uh, speaking we, of which, if you need a co-host, hit me up. Hey, uh, <laughs> let, let's, let's make it happen. All so right. always great you're to see you. Good luck. Yet. No, no, <laughs> yeah. God, please, God, no. And, yeah. until, and, until we do something wrong, please don't let us be rid of you. Um, yes. <laughs> Everybody, we love you. Have a great night. And uh, if if you if you've got it, go go back a comic Kickstarter or Zoop or Crowdfunder or Backer Kit or whatever you like. And if you don't got it, share because those are awesome for us as well. So yep. good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.